the stuff we do not talk about on air. It's a little scary, isn't it? They've been very careful to point out to me specifically. Sometimes there's things that you just don't say. Don't say them if you feel like you shouldn't say it. All right. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) This is another episode of The Stuff We Don't Talk About on Air. I've got Davis Michelson with me. I've got Chip Flory with me. Davis is the <laughs> is the news anchor on AgriTalk. That's right. I'm the host of AgriTalk, yep. and off there in the distance someplace, mm-hmm. we've got Mike Opperman with us. Mike howdy, is, howdy. Yeah, there he is. He is the editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Mike, it's uh this ought to be interesting. We'll get we'll we'll find out some of the things that you don't want to talk about on air and why you don't want to talk actually Maybe you do want to, yeah. and here's the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what this is? You know what this is? I mean, this is seeing the sausage made. That's <laughs> what this is, Mike. That's right. So if that's what you want to see, okay, let's get started here. The stuff that you don't want to talk about, or the stuff that we don't talk about on air. That's right. what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, what have you been working on lately? Well, uh, a couple things, and, you know, one of the articles that we're just getting ready to publish, I mean, when you talk about um, stuff that we don't normally talk about, I think, in the greater industry is we don't really ever talk about or talk with our competitors or those that we think are our competitors. You know, we, mm-hmm. we prefer and think in the in the in agriculture and the dairy industry, I think we prefer to talk about our competitors and yeah. And how much we don't like them and all the bad work that they're doing. but we Everything never really they are us. doing wrong. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we ever really take the time to ask them questions or get some insight from them. So maybe, you know, God forbid we might learn something from it. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's one of the one of the things that we don't do in agriculture. And it's, it's kind of the impetus for a project that we're working yeah. on now with mm-hmm. looking at non-dairy alternatives. Okay. Okay. We'll come back. The non-dairy alternatives. I want to come back to that. But yeah. Mike, you see this all the time out on Twitter. Oh, you yeah. know, oh my yeah. gosh. It just, if, if you, if, if you say anything against agriculture out there on Twitter, old hashtag ag twit jumps all over you. They're going to, they're going <laughs> to yeah. fix your, they're going to fix your way of thinking in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in many cases, and in many yeah. cases, they don't, they don't even consider your, your original point. Oh, it's it's so true, and yeah. I think, as I said, I think we prefer to bash that which we're not familiar with instead of actually finding out about it. I, you right. know, I think it's something that we've that it, that's plagued agriculture and the farming industry for a long, long time. You know, we well, kind of have that bunker mentality. So, yeah, yep. and, and dismissiveness uh, honestly takes a whole lot less effort than research. Yeah, that's exactly. right. You know. That's right. I mean, it's easier I just... just to call somebody an idiot rather than actually find out if they <laughs> rather are. than to find oh out why my... they're an idiot. Oh <laughs> right. my gosh, that is okay. We have That's before gold. before we get to the non dairy alternatives. That <laughs> that is a perfect segue to talk about AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. And how about how about that cow grain? You know, yeah. we need to find a regenerative source of cow grain. Do you know what that might be, Mike? Any ideas? Any ideas at all? 
I'm no idea. I yeah, have no idea what what that might be, or even what it is. But it's it sure sounds good. And for it's, folks that don't know what it is, it sounds like it's something we need to have. So. Exactly. You know, when my wife heard that, she said, "You know, one time I think I did see a corn plant growing out of a cow pie." <laughs> Isn't that regenerative <laughs> agriculture right there? It is. It is. I, yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of the way agriculture works. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but with AOC, with AOC, if I can call you that AOC, um, mm-hmm. it, with, with AOC, it was so tempting to take the easy route, like you were talking about, Davis. Yes. And just yep. dismiss. Yeah. And remember the day, well, the, I did talk about it on the air, so maybe I don't, shouldn't be talking about it on this podcast, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. did talk about it on air when I said, if you don't talk about her, if you don't take what she is saying seriously, you are therefore underestimating her and this one you do not want to underestimate. I, you know, okay, and I've I've spoken very critically of AOC, and in particular her Green New Deal for its socialist sort of uh, uh, undertones. You know, not, we're we're gonna we're gonna go of. we're gonna go around the free market. The government's gonna make all this happen, and that's gonna yep. be great. But I will say, in support of that kind of concept, look at what we're dealing with here. We've got an immigration crisis. We've got a trade crisis. Uh, yep. We don't know what's gonna happen with the border with Mexico. We've got an infrastructure crisis. We've got you know a good portion of the nation's breadbasket underwater. It is maybe time for these huge overarching uh, scenarios to begin to fix things rather than piecemeal. Well, we're, we're going to work on an infrastructure deal. We're going to work on, a, on an immigration deal. We're going to work on all of these deals. If I was going to say that she has a good idea in any respect, it would be that the problems are big and it's going to take big uh, integrated sorts of solutions yeah. to get to the uh, other end of all of these and to See, improve our country but, moving forward. But I we, get that. But we can talk about that on the air. That's true. You know, that's true. We can talk about that on air. The The point that I want to make in, in this podcast yeah. is do not underestimate her. Yeah. You've got right. to pay attention to yep. what she is saying yep. and people like her yep. and mm-hmm. people that follow her and people that, uh, you know, the first like that I said, I meant are similar to her, okay, and the people that like her, mm-hmm. that that have the warm and fuzzies sure. when they start talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. When they do that, what, those are the people that are, are um, you know, I'll just go ahead and say it. Those are the people that are most vulnerable to some of the, the misguided yes. messages right, that she those, is spewing out there. Yep. Don't you feel like those people follow her just because it's the trendy thing to do rather than Absolutely. what it's personality politics. Actually, right, yeah. What she's saying is actually means anything. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. Personality so politics. I think, you know, we see that a lot and uh, people follow things that they just aren't sure about. And I think, you know, you said it earlier that it's easier just to follow something blindly rather than actually do the research and find out if it's actually accurate or not. Right. Yes, because that's a vital component, I believe, of her support base is people mm-hmm. just don't know any better. And like you said, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're relying on people being uneducated and, in fact, uneducated yourself about critical issues out here in farm country, well, yeah. chances are you do more harm than good. Right. Well, right. and what else? What else? She's not Donald Trump. So for a lot, that immediately makes her very popular. Absolutely. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the non-dairy alternatives, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it it has been a an ongoing battle, and the temptation in the dairy industry, like like we've been talking about, is to just, to just kind of say, you know what, um, ig- ignore what they're doing, except for the fact, don't call it milk. Yeah, right. You know, and 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 as as I just said, I think the reason why some of these non dairy alternatives are gaining in popularity is because people. Um, because it's the trendy thing to support. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't, but, you know, people could say, you know, I drink almond milk, so therefore I'm, look at me, I'm healthy, or I, uh, I'm opposed to animal agriculture or to agriculture right. in general. So because I drink these products or eat these products, then therefore I am a better person or I'm, I'm healthier than other people. So, yeah. um, so I think that it, you know, they've done a, those groups have done a great job of kind of seizing that opportunity and differentiating themselves and, and making a, a really viable market for themselves. You know, they're yeah. going to hit almost um, a billion and a half in sales uh, last yeah. year. So it's, it's significant. Now that's not anything compared to what, um, you know, dairy, the dairy sales are, but but wouldn't it be nice? But wouldn't it be nice if the dairy was getting that billion and a half? Yeah. It would, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there is a certain component of this to it, and I I feel like, and Mike, maybe you can you can um, offer guidance on this. My brother grew up completely lactose intolerant, unable mm-hmm. to to digest that. Now the National Institutes of Health estimates about thirty to fifty million Americans. Um, you know, have some sort of difficulty digesting cow's milk. How big of a component is the lactose intolerant community in, in these rising sales in alternative juices? Oh, I think it's significant. I think it's significant. And I think for, you know, don't tell anybody, it's just us three on this podcast, right? Right. Right. My daughter is, my daughter is actually (laughs) lactose intolerant. So don't tell tell anybody. So, um, so yeah, she um, and, and she's intolerant to some dairy products. There are some pr- products that just set her off, you know, that she has yep. issues yep. with. So then she, you know, she eats the lactose-free ice cream and um, mm-hmm. and uh, almond milk and drinks almond milk and things like that, and she's fine. So for those folks, I think um, the non-dairy alternatives is provides an, an important um, resource for them, and I think sure. that is I think that's important. And those those products have been around for a long time, you know, lactose-free milk and things like that. Uh, but I, think, I know that, and so that's important. Yeah, and I know that my brother would sit there and watch watch my other brother and I, uh, Daryl, eat, <laughs> eating our ice cream cones, uh, having a big old bowl of cereal be- before bed. You know, and he he had he always used soy milk. Yeah, he had soy uh-huh. milk back then, and then he had had his own little can of sherbet in the in yeah. the freezer. But I do mm-hmm. feel like, you know, for him, if he'd have had it his way, he would not have been lactose intolerant. He'd have just been able to drink milk, right. eat ice cream, right. and not have a problem. Amen. Yeah. yeah. The problem where that comes into is, and I think is how the whole kind of issue evolved was, well, if you're lactose intolerant, that must mean that dairy products aren't healthy. And, huh. yep. you know, I, I think, so I think that kind of started the conversation and then, mm-hmm. Um, and then people started to fold in other aspects of agriculture. Well, you know, right, animal agriculture right. isn't sustainable and there's a whole animal welfare component and, and all of those things. And I think that just kind of snowballed the industry into, um, you know, creating a product for 
consumers who thought that they needed to to have to resolve some of these issues they were having. Right. Yeah. Take the moral um, high ground. Right. Yeah. So yep. you know the the person that I interviewed, her name was uh, Miyoko Shinner, and she's uh, she was a celebrity chef, and then she's found founder of this company called Miyokos. And um, mm. talk about an oxymoron, but they make vegan dairy products. Uh, yeah. No. I'm not yeah. sure how you can have a dairy product that's vegan. Right. But um <laughs> but the reason that she started this company is because she loved cheese. Oh. And she wanted to have but she was a vegan. So she wanted to be able to enjoy cheese but still have you know, what she felt was her own moral compass intact by being a vegan. Right. So so she developed these cheese products that are actually made from cashews. Really? <laughs> yeah. So they take. So again, how how do you call something vegan that's cheese, or that's yeah. how do you call something cheese that's not made from a dairy product? Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, so they take they take cashews and they make milk from the cashews, and this harkens me back to the almond milking video. Yes. Um, <laughs> so they take the milk from the cashews and they add um, regular you know, products, bacterial products that we use in making cheese. And that's how it, you know, ferments and they make them into, make that into cheese. So, which is an interesting and very um, innovative and I think probably technologically advanced, but, um, but she started the whole process because she loved cheese and she wanted to be able to enjoy it because she was a vegan, which I think speaks to, you know, an opportunity of why this category has grown so fast is because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people enjoy dairy products and is what Davis, you were getting leading to is people enjoy dairy products, but they felt like they want to enjoy them in a way that fits with what they believe. So, right. Uh-huh. right, right. You know, if you run an article like that in, in farm journals, milk, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's going to be some pushback and you're probably going to have to explain yourself, Mike. Well, that's that's probably true, Chip. Um, and we've run <laughs> articles like this before. <clears throat> um, you know, remember back when uh, Dannon started? <clears throat> excuse me, started sure. um, with the non-GMO milk and yogurt, the non- yep. yogurt from non-GMO cows. Right. Well, we decided, heck, let's go talk to one of the largest producers that are supplying that uh, McCarty's out in Kansas, and and have them tell their story. So we did, and we got some pushback. Uh, on that of, you know, how can you tell their story? You know, they're doing a disservice to dairy industry. And my response was, well, don't you want to know what their side of the story is and and hear the whole issue? So it's kind of the same with this. Um, And I got, you know, I had some questions from my own staff of, are you sure you want to print this? You know, you're going to get a lot of negative feedback. Um, But I actually then accompanied it with an editorial and, um, right. The way Explain I yourself. the way the way I um, look at it is, um, you know, have you ever heard of the oxpecker? Uh, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> oh, sorry. It's it's, it's huh? a it's a it's a, actually it, a vampire me? bird. It's called the oxpecker. It's a vampire okay. bird. All right. And it lives. <clears throat> you know, I used to I watch a lot of nature shows like okay. National Geographic and so hey, forth. So and do I'm I, always. Yeah interested to see of these little animals that live off the backs of larger animals. Okay. So the oxpecker actually will go on like the backs of a rhino or a zebra or something like that, and they'll eat the ticks off yep. the back of oh, the yeah. animal. 
but they also you know like to suck the blood from the animals and so forth too sure. so they're so they're not all you know roses and everything else but, <laughs> yeah but <laughs> it's not I all symbiotic Right, but <laughs> there's a smaller animal. You know, follow me here. There's a smaller animal who's living off the backs of a larger animal, but both of them can coexist. Right, and they're it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, the smaller animal obviously benefits from the larger animal, and the larger animal benefits from the oxbecker eating the ticks off their back and so forth. So, right. I made that analogy in my editorial of you know. All of these uh, non-dairy, smaller non-dairy alternative companies are um, can live in in concert yeah. with the larger dairy industry. So, right. while we don't need to support them, or we don't need to, um, you know, encourage them with them. our dollars or encourage it, we can. Right. Certain, we don't have to spend all of our energy in trying to right. tamp them down. Ah, so. Yeah. I get it. That makes sense. You get it? It does make sense. Yeah. It the really part does. that I don't like, though, is I've also seen a few other um, present. So this all started. I went to um, a seminar, Dairy Forum, and I heard um, Miyoko Shinner talk, and I heard some, but I heard some other startup companies talk. And the part that kind of irks me is there were other, I've heard a couple other companies talk. There was a, a company there that made uh, triple fat yogurt from small grass-fed dairies in Oregon. And um, I heard another company later that made, um, I think it was ice cream or cream products from <laughs> grass-fed Guernseys. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, obviously they're playing off of the, the niche market, yeah. the local yeah. angle, but they were really doing oh, it in that, a way that disparaged uh, larger agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah, were so they were differentiating themselves by saying, "Look how bad uh, what they would call factory farming and large agriculture is." Don't you want to mm-hmm. have right. feel better about consuming our products? And that's the part that really irks me is when companies do that. So right, yeah. right, absolutely. Yep. I'm I'm fully on board with you on that. I mean, I've caught I, I I've caught some crap for as uh, you know, coming down on InBev and. And Mm -hmm. Bush as hard as we have on the air. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it's I think it's fairly well known that that I was a connoisseur of Bush light. Mm -hmm. I think that's fairly well known (laughs) out there. But so here's something else that's going on behind the scenes that I haven't had a chance to talk about on the air. Coors Light. I'm I've I've gone over to Coors Light now and I've got buddies that I hang out with on the weekend that are like I can't believe you drink a Coors Light what's the deal here so you know I'm sitting here stunned right now well you know this is new to me and Bush goes Bush Light goes out and, and they've got their billboards that say listen you know what we proudly use yeah. corn from Iowa's farmers. We get we oh, see those really? billboards all over the place now in the state of Iowa. You walk into a convenience store, Mike, and there's the little placard right there by the door, Bush Light made with Iowa corn. Yep. Okay? Really? But but InBev is still the one that's making the decision to go ahead and run the there's no corn syrup in our Bush Light. I was going to say, because their campaign continues on. I mean, the, yes, you know, the exactly. stuff that they had over March Madness, that was that all had yep. corn syrup free. That's right. That's right. So, 
I mean, if I'm going to come down on InBev for the fear-based marketing that they're doing with Bush Light and the fact that they are taking advantage of uninformed consumers out there, if I'm going to do that, I can't walk around at our weekend place drinking a can of Bush Light. It's Miller Light and Jack Daniels. So what, you're, Light and Jack so what you're saying is by choosing an alternative beverage because of moral reasons, yeah. that somehow you feel like you're really helping out the cause and that you've taken the moral high ground. No. Are you going to switch to almond juice next? No, not at all. What I'm saying is that if I'm going to come down on InBev mm-hmm. for their fear-based marketing, I should not be supporting them at all by drinking any of their products. Huh. That's all I'm saying. I'm not switching. I've that's, I've I've, I've, stayed true, I've stayed true to Bush Light. That's your call. Just because to me it does feel you know, like there's a degree of separation. But I see what you're saying where it trickles up to the to the same people. Yes. Now back to yeah, the a, yeah, uh, right. ba- back to the non dairy alternatives. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's compare and contrast though, real quick. Just, right. Okay. There's one. Ooh, that sounds nice. like good milk. Yeah. yeah. That's good milk. Yeah. That's good milk. What's it? That, that sounds like a barbershop quartet. You yeah. can hear the lab coats. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this that you are playing with over here? These, well, technically, it's a sampler. Yes. It allows me to take any sound yep. and, it, and attach it to a button. Right. For example, uh, maybe you've heard in the past we do the, uh, like I ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. And you try to think of the answer. Right. And it takes a while. Yeah. And it's real fun. Yeah. See, I've got a little button for the clock here. Right. But the clock keeps going when you're wrong. Try again. Okay. Oh, once more, please. Yeah. Correct. But And then the clock turns off. And then the clock turns off automatically. See? Nice. Yeah. Isn't that something? Now, now that's really it, behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> deep into the production Exactly. Studio. And you've, you've heard, uh, you. I mean, I know that you've heard this commercial that we run for Signal to Noise with, uh, with Machinery <laughs> Pete and Jim Wiesmeyer. You know, where we're talking about, uh, you know, Jim, I've got a whatever it is, manure spreader ready yeah. for you. Do you yeah. want that? No. Okay. Yeah. What about this brand? Do you want that? No. Okay. And what about, so, it, Jim, how do you, do, do you think that, um, do you think that Iowa State's going to win the, uh, win, win the, the, the basketball tournament? No. Yeah. That's a triple no. That's a triple no? Yeah. So these, <laughs> What okay? It's it's a what did you call it? It's a sampler. 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 It's yeah. a sampler. And okay. you may you may have seen um, hip hop artists yeah use something like this because I can put beats on there right and I I can actually nice. make Jim make a little song now 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 I can do all kinds <laughs> of things. We can make a cow song. There we go. Now that's music to my ears right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah. And the breaking news. The breaking news. Oh, by yes. the way, Davis, I just saw this. What is a chip? Well, actually. Yeah. This just in. Yeah. And then if it's really scary. <laughs> and I love the fact that uh, every <laughs> Tuesday when Mike is on AgriTalk. Yes. You betcha. My girls come home. <laughs> I love that. And then I this guy that. comes rolling up. 
<laughs> that scares them all away. No doubt. We don't want anything you to know, do with that guy. You know, and and uh, <laughs> it's just a little bit of fun that we're trying to throw into the onto the production side of AgriTalk. Yeah, and that's nice. It's, yeah, it's not to make light of agriculture because At we all. know it is a very serious business. And Mike, you're yes. such a good sport that every time you come on and the girls yeah. try to get in the way. Yeah, I mean, well, it's you know. story of my life. <laughs> but but uh it it is a tough time in agriculture right now it is a tough time in it dairy is. and mm-hmm. when you know it seems almost counterintuitive well you know what it is counterintuitive mm-hmm. to decide that every time we're talking about dairy on agritalk we're going to have this button come on and yeah. the girls are going to interrupt us <laughs> or is it is it immoral for me to hope for a hog rally so I can use my bacon sizzling sound. <laughs> I don't think so. Ladies, think not at all. Just, Ladies oh. and gentlemen, that is OS right there. <laughs> Original sound. Yes, it is. Davis Michelson spent this weekend frying bacon <laughs> yes. and recording it so nice. that we could have the sizzling sound yes. on Agritalk. I used a variety hey, of microphones and do, setups. Right? Yeah, it um, was quite the deal. You'd have thought the Beatles were in my kitchen with all the wires, <laughs> microphones. Oh, that does that does sound good. Though. You can almost smell it. I know. So, yeah, even though it's a tough time in agriculture, we're going to use things like that to just bring a little yep. That's awesome. levity, a little lightheartedness mm-hmm. yep. to it. Yep. And, you know, after the reports that we got on Friday... Mm-hmm. The the quarterly grain stocks report, Mike, and the and the prospective mm-hmm. plantings report. Uh, it, almost every weekend, someone's going to send me a note. A listener is going to send me a note, whether it be on on Twitter or on email. Uh, I'll get a note. Well, over the weekend, I got a couple of notes, and and uh, um, they were unimpressed with the way that the markets performed on Friday, and they were unimpressed mm-hmm. with the numbers that they got from USDA. And it was just a matter of actually answering their questions, yeah, and showing that you when when you read their their email, you really wanted to understand what they were getting at, answer mm-hmm. replying to that email, and both of those guys that that hit me up over the weekend. Both of the guys hit me up on Tuesday morning with a thank you for reading that. Yeah. Thank you for this. And that's mm-hmm. that's another part of what we're doing out here, isn't it? I mean, you got to be a sounding oh, yeah. board for these guys, especially. Yes. Now. You know, we've seen it uh, a lot in the industry um, over the last few years when the dairy prices have been so poor. You know, we'll we'll write an article and uh, on one way or on one side or the other of an issue, and we'll get blowback from producers. And some, you know, there's the regulars, there's the reg- regular um, folks mm-hmm. that you wonder what they have for a real job because it seems like everything <laughs> that is yeah. online, we get some sort some sort of comment about. Right. But there are the few that that respond, and you can just tell that they're they're hurting. They're hurting. They just want. Yes. They just yep. want to vent, and they yep. just want somebody to listen to them and say, "You know what? I'm, I'm, 
I'm not doing well and I just need to yeah. just need to spend a couple minutes at a computer and tell you that mm-hmm. I'm not doing well. So right. mm-hmm. and then right. it's those I think Chip what you're alluding to too. It's those that when you respond to them, they're so thankful that somebody's yes. actually listening to them that yep. uh, yeah. it makes it, it makes that whole thing worthwhile. Yeah. And you know, sitting down with these guys over lunch too, you know, some of the most heart wrenching lunches I've had is when sitting across from a small dairy producer who just, you know, doesn't have, doesn't know where to go. doesn't know what to do. and doesn't exactly. really have any options. And those are, those are the, some of the things that you just have to listen and you just have to let them know that, you know, you're there and, and, um, and you hear what they're, that you hear their story. So, right. Well, I think that's one of the, one of the unique facets of being an agricultural broadcaster. Cause Chip, honestly, I'm convinced you and me could be doing some kind of stupid, wacky morning show in Tampa. And, and, and you know, you make go. people laugh and play great songs for them and, and yeah. make jokes and little funny sounds on the, you know, right. on the computers and stuff. But, but Mike, uh, you're right. We are in the position to where we encounter the people who listen to us oh, from yeah. time to time. We go down to yeah. the, All the to time. NCBA or we go to Commodity mm-hmm. Classic and we see yes. these people face to face. And I think that does give us a certain level of responsibility, but also access, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. responsibility to when they reach out to either help educate them, make them feel better about themselves, help them understand the situation a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe let them I, know that people are on their side. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're right. not here yeah. just to, just to talk and be, you know, be silly and to <clears throat> kill time on the air. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We're here to try to add value to those moments that they do spend with us. Excellent. Great. That's a great way to wrap it up right there. You know what I was you worried betcha. about when we started this thing? Yeah. I was worried about <laughs> you and me not having anything to talk about because there isn't very much that we will not say on the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But so, I do have this button just in case. Yeah. Radio edit. Yes. Good. In case something comes up that we really can't say. <laughs> I've got a button for that. There There's, go. there. you know, my button for that is clinch. Teeth. Every now and then you will hear the clinched oh, yeah. teeth. And when those teeth clinch, my finger's on that Radio. button. <laughs> that is so you better awesome. believe it. Have it ready to go. There it is, everybody. The stuff that we do not talk about yep. on the air.